think it was an absolute blessing for the Al Kuwaiti livestock vessel to, to dock in Cape Town last week. I, I think it was very fortunate of us to have been exposed to the issues of how our meat is transported, how live, tran- live livestock is transported on the high season container vessels. If it brought enlightenment to many people who didn't know that there's more than a billion animals that are transported on cargo vessels every year, and that is what our meat production essentially boils down to. I think it's very important that we got exposed to that. So last week, much of the on-air discussion was regarding the live transportation of that cattle from Brazil via Cape Town to Iraq and caused that huge stink in Cape Town, but it brought to spotlight the manner in how livestock is treated. And over the last few years, there's been a significant rise in the demand for donkey hides in China, where they are used to make a, a traditional medicine. It's called Ijiao, and it's made from the collagen, which is then extracted from donkey hides. It's mixed with herbs and other ingredients to create a, a medicinal or health consumer uh, products. Very much a belief. I don't know the veracity of these beliefs, but it's believed to have properties to strengthen the blood, stop bleeding, improve the quality of of health in, in general. But two-thirds of the world's something like 53 million donkeys are here on the African continent, and uh, many of them from South Africa, and many of China's hides come from South Africa. So speaking now to Dr. Lauren Johnson, from Berlin, senior researcher at the South African Institute for International Affairs. Good morning, Lauren. Really appreciate your time. Good morning, Lester. Thank you so much for having me. Uh, What's the background in the donkey hide trade in terms of why is China seeking so much donkey skin? It's quite a recent phenomenon, thanks to rising per capita income in China, thanks to rising health insurance coverage, thanks to population aging and a push on family formation. And the technology to produce Ejiao really developed very rapidly. So it was a very labor-intensive, exotic, remote product for like 3,000 years. And suddenly in the last 20, this amazing marketing campaign has spread the word across China, which simply meant demand for donkeys went from, you know, a thousand or something to, to four or five million each year, the, the data suggests. And donkeys don't breed quickly. So there hasn't been a, a response from the donkey population to keep up with this new amazing demand for this product in China, which previously was extremely rare and exotic. Uh, so, so the market or the, the production largely came from China, but now the demand is outstripping the supply, and that is why China is looking abroad and looking to Africa to satisfy that market. Yeah, so they they started having donkey hide shortages in China around 2012-2014, and the greatest number of donkey hides available outside of China was, of course, in, in Africa and around East Africa. So that became the focus of the of the importing of, of donkey hides, which actually has had a negative effect to the extent that some of the trade is illicit and highly unregulated and the hides are cheaper 
to steal and to import this way from Africa. It's actually reduced the price of donkeys within China, which has actually even diminished China's own donkey supply. So it's even that the trade with Africa has even lowered the number of donkeys in China. What is the efficacy of of this EGO uh, said to improve general health, improve sleep, strengthens the blood, stops bleeding? Plenty of of promises in what it does, but in terms of the efficacy that comes that EGO that that is made from this from the collagen in donkey skin, is there any medical science that backs up some of these claims for what this marketing campaign promises EGO does? Um, I myself have never taken it, so I can't speak from experience. It's believed in traditional Chinese medicine to offer those properties and to help. It's especially favored by women. It's the, the collagen property is supposed to help the skin, the blood, hormonal balance, and so on. So somehow this balance, and especially the collagen property, is considered particularly useful for women. Mm. I haven't dug into the science of that. I'm mm. I'm an economist, not mm. not a biologist yeah. or a medical person. But that that that's the belief within China. Mm. Donkeys are a domestic farm animal. They're they're a, they're a beast of 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 labor and I know in South Africa there is some consumption of donkey meat as well and should we not simply just treat donkeys as you would treat cattle as we would treat sheep and goats and chicken as 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 animals that that are used for 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 their products why this call for the regulation of this market um i think it's based on a number of facts that first of all donkeys as i understand are more difficult to breed in large numbers they don't they tend to just have two or three foals in a lifetime and so it's not easy to breed them the way some other livestock are bred. And so actually the what strictly the ban that was pushed for by the Pan-African Donkey Conference of December 2022 was a 15-year moratorium, which would be at least the amount of time taken to regulate the trade. So because Urjao is now so valuable in China and this is such a lucrative industry, it's promoted a lot of donkey smuggling. And even where a country, for example, like South Africa says, okay, we are happy to export, I don't know, 5,000 donkeys a year or, you know, 20,000 donkeys a year, whatever it is, then it turns out that another 20,000 donkeys get smuggled to Lesotho and traded illegally from there. So until there's able to be a continent-wide regulated trade that can control the flow of donkeys across all borders and enable enough donkeys in Africa, let alone anywhere else. So it's, it's, it's in the first instance, it's very hard to breed donkeys en masse. And then in the second instance, even if that's possible, it, it, the trade shouldn't be at the current levels until the donkey supply has caught up. So really, there's there's a lag in in the advance of the donkey supply, according to this now the industry demand. So no, so no issue with with the practice and the products that come from, from from donkeys and their skin and their meat. But but really, watch that 
demand does not outstrip supply, that we keep um, stocks in South Africa and Africa at stable levels. But when we talk about 15-year moratoriums on trade, a year prohibition, and we know what prohibition leads to, prohibition leads to the creation of, of illicit economies. There's, there's very much an argument well, that says that, well, uh, open up the market, say, for example, in rhino horn, and then we break illicit trade links and we can control that. And I would think this would be the same principle that would be needed in this case, Lauren. Well, um, just to go back a second, I'm I'm also not an animal activist, so I, I believe a lot of the killing of, of donkeys, especially when they're traded illegally, is also very inhumane. So that is another aspect. It's just not the aspect I have focused on. Um, in terms of the ban, there is already a massive illicit trade. So wh where there is a, a ban, where there isn't a ban, so Tanzania banned the donkey trade. I think Ghana banned it. Like Lots of countries have banned it. But there's this problem of smuggling across borders and the theft of donkeys. So this moratorium is an official ban, but it's not a perfect implementation agenda for implementing that ban. And will it foster even more illegal trade than was already happening? I'm not sure that's true in this case. And there's differences between the donkey and the rhino in terms of the human impact of the actual trade. So when a donkey is stolen from a family in rural Ethiopia or, you know, remote Kenya, that family loses their income and, uh, 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 you know, typically the, the mother in the household has to start carrying water again on her back and her daughter has to drop out of school to help the family, you know, to, to get all the chores done because they don't have the donkey to help them anymore. And so it really sends women backwards very rapidly and it sends poor people backwards very rapidly. Even if donkeys become very expensive, which this trade also has the impact of doing, this means poor people, the very people who still need donkeys, don't have access to them anymore. So it creates a poverty spir spiral. Mm. And, you know, then, of course, it's also very environmental and so on. Mm. And so... I think the difference of this trade and the reason that it's the first animal ever that there's been a continental African Union mandated ban on this trade, I think that's because the human impact and the socioeconomic impact is so mm. enormous. Dr. Lauren Johnson, Senior Researcher at the South African Institute of International Affairs, really appreciate your time.